Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Well, Liz, your prediction came true. We now have three dogs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're keeping Gabby? Yes. She's just so cute and sweet. Oh, I knew that would happen. I knew <laughs> you were going to. You volunteered exactly one day before you ended up with the dog, you realize. I, I do realize. <laughs> well, welcome, Gabby, to the family. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of actually being together in the same room, and how being together led to our big announcement. Then in Take a Hike, we'll talk about getting back on the health horse after a summer of letting it all go a bit. We also have a mailroom question about research. This week's Hollywood hack will transform how you do Zoom meetings. And finally, Sarah has an app recommendation. But first, we have a quick I don't know if it's an update or just this was a cool thing that happened. <laughs> I got a email from Jennifer who said, longtime listener here, and I had to tell you that our daughters were in the same cabin at GAC. I just received the cabin address list and saw Violet Fane on my daughter Margot's cabin list. And yes, I heard the episode where Liz says her favorite character name is Margot, and I have to agree, it is a great name. How cool is that? Violet was like at... Gak, Gold Arrow Camp, with Jennifer's daughter, Margo. So I was like, all those days when yes. I was waiting for the pictures to appear on the camp website, I was like, also looking at Margo, and I didn't even know. Also, Jennifer mentioned that she learned about Gold Arrow Camp from our podcast. That's so cool. Because, of course, Audrey Monkey, who owns the camp, has her great book on parenting, Happy Camper. So it all comes together. It does. And that was, of course, the book that I literally took with me everywhere yes. I went during the pandemic. It was like on yes. at bedside tables in <laughs> L.A., Minnesota, Ojai, Puerto Rico, all over <laughs> that book traveled with me. Anyway, so yay, Jennifer, that's so cool. Thank you. Thanks for writing. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's 
working together, like really together in person. Of course, we always work together, but it's so much of it has become virtual. Yes, and phone, virtual and phone. It's like, which is great, but turns out not as great. Yes, it's funny because you become so used to something, it becomes the norm that it seems perfectly fine. And we're like, why would we work any way else? We're so used to this, but... Recently, I took a trip out to Ojai. We said, let's just spend a day in Ojai. We had a little mission, which we will get to. And so I came out there and wow, being together, talking about work stuff was just so much more fun, more energizing, more fluid, more productive. I mean, it was a great day. It didn't hurt that we were having lunch at the Oja Valley Inn on the patio, even though it was super hot looking out over the beautiful eucalyptus trees. That was probably part of it. But it was really just the energy of togetherness, Liz. Yes. I mean, it turns out, I think we missed each other, I guess. We missed our molecules. (laughs) It's not the same as two dimension or a voice on the phone. Yep. So now we have to do more of that, which we will. Yes, we need to do more of that. And so let's get to what we were talking about. So part of what we wanted to talk about was doing another Happier in Hollywood retreat. We did one pre-pandemic and it was so much fun, but it sort of is a big thing to take on. And so we decided, okay, now we have time. There's a strike can we wrap our heads around planning another Happier in Hollywood retreat? What would it be? Where will it be? Et cetera, et cetera. And throughout the day, we just kept talking back and forth and back and forth. And we got somewhere that I think we never would have gotten to had we not been together. I totally agree. No, it was like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And we like drove around looking at different possible retreat locations. It just felt so alive and fun. Yes. All right, Sarah, you do the honors. We were inspired We got to something that we are beyond excited about. Do tell. Okay. We are going to do another Happier in Hollywood retreat. This one we are incredibly excited to announce will be at the Johnny Cash Estate in Ojai, which is so cool. Liz, since you're the Johnny Cash person, you can go into how amazing the estate is. It's going to be October 20th to 22nd. We're going to do workshops on writing and meetings and Q&A. In honor of Liz, we will have a sound bath. We'll do 30-minute pre-retreat Zooms with each individual coming. There are only 15 spots, so act quickly. But Liz, talk about the Johnny Cash estate because we're now obsessed with it. Yes. So Johnny Cash and his family lived on this estate, and it was very much decorated to Johnny Cash's taste. It had been, I think, untouched for decades. And then somebody bought it and has completely updated it. So it's super, super nice, but it maintains that Johnny Cash feel. Um, It has things like a record player that pulls out of the wall. And one of the rooms is named the Man in Black Bedroom. It has a studio where he worked. Yeah, his writing studio, which they did try to keep very much 
as his original writing studio, which is cool. So it's really a fantastic place with the most gorgeous views. I mean, if ever we're going to be inspired, if ever we're going to find the muse, Sarah, it's going to be at the Johnny (laughs) Cash Estate. And then, Sarah, one exciting thing about this retreat is that a few um, people who attend can stay at the actual Johnny Cash estate. I'll be staying there, and there are uh, room for a few other people to stay there as well. So I'm very excited about that. One of the reasons I think that we really decided that we should do this now is that we were on the picket line one day. And two women who came to our last retreat walked up to us and were like, oh, yeah, we met there. We're friends now. They're picketing together. One of the greatest things about this kind of retreat is meeting the other people who are there. And I loved that there are long-term relationships that came out of our last retreat. Yes, people still meet. I think exchange material. They're friends. Also, several people who went to our last retreat are now full working writers on staffs when there's not a strike. (laughs) So it's a great thing. It's just a great thing for the people who come, hopefully, and for us too, because we love talking to up-and-coming writers. We love yakking about everything that we have learned over these 20 years. And, you know, I love being in Ojai, Sarah. I mean, I think our love of Ojai and our last retreat is part of why you moved to Ojai. This is true. Absolutely. So email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com, and we will send you the details. I don't know if we mentioned we only have 15 spots. So it's just got to be small enough that everybody gets the attention needed for something like this. So... 15 spots. Yes, so we we hopefully will see you in Ojai in October. Coming up, we'll talk about getting back on the horse, but first, this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health today. It's all three. As summer ends, (laughs) I'm like, tearful as I say this, I think. We're getting back on the horse. Yes. Now, this isn't a metaphor I'd usually use, Sarah, but because we were talking about Johnny Cash, and I think he referred to his property as a ranch, I think a horse fits. I agree. Now, over the summer, I think it's safe to say we both fell off the horse. I think it's safe to say the horse kicked me in the ass. I I fell off and then the horse kicked me. Yeah, Sarah uh, fell from the horse with a big thud. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Before that happened, and let's go back to spring, I had been hiking so much I would actually get up, go do Fryman, and then go to the picket line. So I was having so many steps. You must have had 80,000 steps a day. I was really eating well. I was doing it all. Since summer, I've barely been hiking. Yes, I can blame the heat, but the truth is, Sarah, if you go early enough in L.A., you, it's usually cool enough to do it. So it's I could have done it had I wanted to. I've barely been going to my strength training, which, you know, I'm very religious about. I would have to cancel, and then I wouldn't reschedule, so I'd just miss a whole week. So I've missed weeks and weeks of that. I've been eating whatever I want, including Sarah. I ate two BLTs in one sitting. I don't think I've ever done that before. Okay, I need to interject here and ask a question. 
Were these your BLTs? Did you make the BLTs? I made the BLTs. Well, then yes. I understand because you do officially make the best BLTs of well, anyone ever. Well, my mom does, but maybe I'm second to her. And that's what I was craving was one of my mom's BLTs. So I was emulating that. And I that did turn out well because, yes, I had two. Ugh. And then, Sarah, this is the worst thing. And I count this in the health horse because it's very much mental health and emotional health and spiritual health, which is my writing has been completely inconsistent. We had our plan, 500 words a day. And I have just been so intermittent about it. I have not been steadily committed. And more than anything, that makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Now, and I have been the same. And I do have to say, both of us have been sick. You've been like going in and out of town. I would have also been doing the same if I hadn't gotten sick and had to cancel. But it has been a challenging time to maintain any kind of focus, not just because it's summer, although I do think the summerness of it makes it worse. And the strike also makes it worse yeah. in the sense that, yes, we have seemingly all this time, but we also have this existential angst <laughs> that is such a heavy burden to bear. Yeah. It truly is. However, we will only feel better if we're doing better. We will be in a much better place to deal with the stress of the strike if we are exercising, eating right, and writing. Yes, and in my case, meditating, because that's another part of the horse mm. that I had started to be consistent and good about and then just bleh. So there's the spiritual part of Take a Hike. I will be getting back into that as well. Because, you know, the strike is going to end. I mean, the main thing in terms of our focusing on the book is the strike is going to end, at which point, who knows what's going to happen. And we want to have as much of the book written as we can possibly have written by the end of the strike. I have not been a good partner in that respect for the last few weeks. <laughs> Nor have I. Um, yeah, we would love ideally to have a first draft done. That would be amazing or close to it. That said, we would rather the strike settle sooner rather than later. <laughs> Good point. Yes, absolutely. We would rather get not one more word of writing done because the strike settles today. Yes. However, yeah, we need to just treat it like our job. Right. Not like a hobby that we're doing while we are on strike. Yes, exactly. One thing, I have kind of used my birthday, which was last week, as a reset. Like, okay, it's a new age, literally, and I'm going to focus more on these things. Of course, I was also sick at the time, but, mm -hmm. but it helps me mentally to have that reset button. So that's mine. And I have been very productive, I must say, since then. Good. And yeah, and we took the dogs on a little trip to Carmel. And that is where I hit my the nadir of my being off the horse, where I have to tell you, I actually did something I've never done before, which is I went into a chocolate shop and I bought a box of chocolates and ate them. Okay, that's how off the horse I was. So <laughs> as soon as we oh got my God, back, I just I laughed said, like a horse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as soon as we got back, I said, that's it. I got up on Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m., went hiking by myself, just said, I got to get back. 
I've been writing. So it's all going to be okay. We are back. We are doing this. We will help each other. We will be our accountability partners. As we always say on Happier with Gretchen Rubin, September is the other January. School Mm. is starting. We are getting back on the horse. We encourage all of you who have joined us on the ground to get back (laughs) on the horse. We can do this. We can. And if you have any strategies that work well for you, please do let us know. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Okay, Sarah, it is time for the mailroom. Today, we have a question from Alice. She says, how much research do you do before you begin a project? Do you continue to do research while writing? What exactly constitutes research for you? If you need to interview someone for research prior to starting a project, do you pay the person or does a copy suffice? Thank you. This is a great question. We've never paid anyone as part of our research that I can think of. And I think usually people are so happy to talk to you about stuff. You're like, hey, I'm writing a thing about a sheriff's department in Northern Minnesota, which I have done. And my neighbor was like, oh, my cousin's a sheriff. Let me hook you up with him. You know, and then you chat and you're very grateful. And it's like a, just a fun conversation. But the good news is, no, usually you don't have to pay for the research unless you're taking a trip. And Sarah, just to use our book as an example, so right now we're writing a novel. It takes place in Peru in the rainforest, and it's about women who decide to go there and take ayahuasca. So that's a lot of research to be done. So we have been reading a lot of books about Peru, about ayahuasca, about shamans. We have watched a Chelsea Handler uh, documentary where she went to Peru and did ayahuasca, which was really interesting. Weirdly, with one of the dads from Violet's Old Preschool, which was, (laughs) I was like, oh, look. (laughs) That's funny. Very L.A., Sarah. That's an L.A. moment. (laughs) You know, and we've also been reading a lot of thrillers. So what we're writing is sort of a female-centric thriller. So we have been reading and listening to... I guess dozens at this point. We decided that we'll wait to go to Peru until the book sells, knock on all the wood everywhere, and then we'll go to Peru and make sure everything in the book is accurate. Because the thing about research is that it really never ends. You start, and then as you're doing the project, you keep researching. Kind of a never-ending process until something is either shooting if it's TV or getting printed if it's a book. Yeah. And the thing about research is it's really important. You want to do your research, but it can also be a dangerous form of procrastination. Yes. One can fall down the research rabbit hole and research for months or years and not actually start writing. So the thing to do is start writing. If you don't know something, you know, you're writing about a museum and you don't know what paintings are in there, just put XXX and then come back. Uh, One thing I know that, for instance, Danny Shapiro does, who's my former writing teacher, author of Inheritance, she was saying she doesn't let herself Google something when she's writing. Even if it's legitimate research, if it's her time to be writing, she doesn't go down that rabbit hole because we all know what can happen. So I thought that was an interesting method. I don't do that. I, of course, am writing and I'll go, oh, I better go online now and figure out what people eat for breakfast in Peru. But anyway, you can just start the writing and leave blanks and know you're going to go back and fill them in. Yeah, and it goes to the whole writing is rewriting. Say you find out, 
something in your second draft that changes other things, it's all part of that rewriting process. Everything about writing, I always think of it as layers. It's like there's the first layer, and then all this stuff happens, and then you go, okay, I'm going to rewrite it, and then you get to the second layer, and then you add, like, more character stuff, and then you add more accurate research, and then you add, you know, whatever. We need a bigger uh, climax here. Like, it all... It doesn't all happen at once, unless you're Kevin Williamson writing Scream in a week, which is what they say happened. (laughs) But I'm sure he thought about it for a really long time, I hope, anyway. And that might have just been a first draft. (gasps) Very true. Let's assume it was a first draft and he put in a lot of work after that. (laughs) But yeah, so we do research before we start writing, but not so much that we don't start writing. I think that's the takeaway. And I'm really hoping that we're going to take that trip to Peru because we've already picked out what we want to do. We have our adventure planned for the time, (laughs) when the time comes. Coming up, we have a Hollywood hack that I am so excited to use once this damn strike is over. Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. This is something I think you said Gretchen, your sister, sent to you. Tell us more. Yeah, so my sister has a friend who said, this is the greatest thing ever. I can't tell you how amazing this object is. So my sister bought it for me, which was really nice. And what it is, it's the Sagey, S-A-I-J-I, tablet stand. So we've talked about other stands. We've had hacks about other stands. This is a stand that you can use for an iPad or a phone. And it is adjustable in height and it rotates. So you can have vertical or horizontal. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I, in all these months of doing Zoom meetings, I have continued to put whatever device I'm using on top of a pile of books. I have every single time. Yes. I have a stand for my computer, but, you know, I use the computer for Zoom and then my iPad for notes and all other things. And agreed, I've never found a good thing for the iPad. So this is amazing. What's great about it is that it comes, you put it together in 30 seconds, The height goes up and down very easily. And I haven't found something for an iPad. I mean, I have some good tripods for my phone, Mm -hmm. but I really haven't had anything that grips my iPad the way I need it to. And the fact that you can rotate it and it won't flop over, which happens so often, is pretty amazing. And this is under $30. I mean, this is not going to break the bank. And so, Sarah, I was so excited about this device. I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, so I was looking it up, and I realized the same company has another stand that's attached to a pillow. So this is great for the people who write in bed or who want to have it on their lap. This is a bonus hack. I don't own this, but wouldn't be surprised if I own it within the next few months. And that is the Seiji Tablet Stand Pillow. So they have two shapes, circle and crescent. And that looks fabulous as well and is also under $30. Yeah, I spent a good, like, 20 minutes on Amazon examining the pillow one yesterday. I was like, I'm not getting this right now. I'm not getting this right now. I'm not getting this right now. But, I mean... 
it strikes me as the most genius invention of all time. I'm like, a tablet stand on a pillow? (laughs) I know. And people say that it's very stable. I like went into the reviews. I'm serious about this. (laughs) People were like, it's so stable. Well, and it's just the thing that we talk about where if you have the right tool for your work, it just makes life so much easier and so much more pleasurable. It's worth $30 to have the perfect thing for what I'm going to use it for probably mainly is Zoom meetings, but of course, use it for whatever you want. Okay, Sarah, hopefully we'll have some Zoom meetings soon. Yeah. And Sarah, when we have our half-hour Zoom meetings with everyone coming to the retreat, before we go, I will use this stand. Very exciting. Okay. Maybe that'll motivate me to get the pillow one. Yes. And you can tell me how it is. Okay, Sarah, it is time finally every week. One of us gives a recommendation of a book, a movie, an app, a podcast, something that we love. And this week you have an app to recommend. Yes, I would like to recommend the 10% Happier app. 10% Happier started as a book written by Dan Harris, who's a journalist who had basically a panic attack on the air and reevaluated his life and is now like super into meditation. He started this app and it's, I love it. It's like $100 a year for the full subscription. So I just want to get that out there. But what I like about it is there are courses that you can take. I'm in the middle right now of taking the Dalai Lama's guide about just kind of general happiness. But you can take courses from Joseph Goldstein, from Sharon Salzberg. I just finished a course of hers. These are like the top meditation experts. And you get a course with them where they first they talk to Dan in a little video, and then there's a meditation. And I like the sense of like, okay, I completed this course. It really motivates me. So anyway, if you are trying to get back on the horse of meditation, as I am, I highly recommend the 10% Happier app. Yeah, and Sarah, I'll just add, Dan Harris is good friends with my sister Gretchen, and we've had him on the podcast. And what I love about Dan is that he's very practical. He's not up in the clouds, woo-woo. He's extremely practical about why he meditates and the the value. So anyway, that's a great recommendation. Yeah, and the science of it. He was a meditation skeptic, and now he has taken a deep dive into the science. And it's interesting to hear him talk about meditation because he is so, he has a journalist mindset. Yes, yes. All right, the 10% Happier app. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And of course, if you want information about the retreat, also send us an email to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Canes 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We're also on Threads. And we have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. 
Sarah, the great thing about the Johnny Cash estate is that even if it rains, the inside is so nice that we could just be inside. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I know. Does it even matter? I'm so psyched. I know. <laughs> From the Onward Project.